Welcome, welcome to our online worship experience. I'm grateful that you're allowing us into your living room or your kitchen or your car, wherever you're watching this at, either from uh, your TV or your phone. Uh, this is Pastor Brian, and I send you a blessing in the name of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. We gather online uh, every Thursday at 7.15 p.m. and Sunday at 10 a.m. We worship, we pray, we study God's word, and we give an offering uh, back to the Lord. Um, I love to teach uh, the Bible. I love to share the word of the Lord uh, with you. The word of the Lord strengthens me. The word of the Lord empowers me. The word of the Lord gives me fresh hope. The word of the Lord transforms me. So every time we open up the word of the Lord, uh, there's something spiritual, dynamic, and powerful that takes place in our hearts. Today, I'm going to be focusing on uh, 1 John chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 12. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 uh, through 12. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read it and pull out some uh, truth. Uh, well, it's all truth, but I'm going to pull, focus on a particular uh, couple passages in this section. So 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 through 12. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. That's a powerful verse right there. Verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Powerful verse right there. Look at verse 6. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is by the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Look at verse 8. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given his son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Let us pray. Father, we open up your word to eat. Feed us strength. Feed us understanding. Feed us wisdom and hope. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen and Amen. In our study today, we are looking through 
the first section of 1 John chapter 5. Now I want to remind you that the problem that was going on at this particular time where Apostle John writes this letter, at least one of the problems that was happening, is that the church had been infiltrated with fake Christians. The church had been infiltrated with fake Christians. There were many professing Christians, uh, but not sincere Christians. Now, when you think about it, fake Christians are often hard uh, to spot because they look a lot alike. They look like real Christians. They carry a Bible like real Christians. Some of them sing songs like real Christians. Some of them speak Christianese like real Christians. Some even post scriptures on Facebook like real uh, Christians. And throughout this letter, the Apostle John, he gives markers on how to distinguish sincere Christians from fake Christians. He gives us some markers. And I'm going to highlight some of these markers of true followers of Jesus Christ. And I do this um, being careful because I don't want you to take these markers and walk around to see who's fake and who's real. That's not why I'm teaching you this uh, in this study today. Your job is not to be a fruit inspector, right? That's the Holy Spirit's job. But the reason why I'm teaching you these markers is so that you could examine yourself. So you could examine yourself. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Test yourself. So, beloved, I don't give you these markers. I don't highlight these markers in this powerful letter so you can go around with a clipboard uh, seeing who's fake and who's real. No, 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 that's not why I'm teaching you this. I'm teaching you this so that you can examine yourself. So you can look at the mirror in God's word and examine yourself. Are you following along? So it's some powerful truth that John points out. Let, let's review uh, these markers that Apostle John gives. Are you ready? Number one, number one, real followers of Jesus believe the right things. Real followers of Jesus believe the right things. Let me call your attention to a couple scriptures in this chapter. Look at verse 1. Listen to what it says. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Note that word. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Note verse 10. Listen to verse 10. He who believes in the Son of God, note that, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Notice those two, that word being used twice, believe, believe. Now, it is interesting to note, it's important to note, that the word believe in this context refers more so to what you believe. That word believe refers to what you believe or it refers to the content of your belief, uh, what you believe. 
So it's interesting or it's powerful, very relevant to note that believing the right things is critical uh, to your salvation. Believing the right things are critical to our salvation and even our deliverance. When you talk about right beliefs and believing the right thing, I need to note that that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, our right beliefs center around who Jesus Christ is. Our right beliefs center around who Jesus Christ is. That's why Apostle Paul points, or John, I should say, points out in the scripture, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So get this, our right beliefs as followers of Jesus center around who Jesus really is. Now, there are a lot of tests in life that you can take and score low on and still be okay. Lots of tests you could take and even fail and still be okay. But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to eternal things, you cannot score low on the test of who Jesus is. You must get an A plus. You must get an A A plus on the test of who Jesus is. Why is that? Because True followers of Jesus believe the right things. Now, um, what are we to believe? What are we to believe? If we are to believe the right thing, then what are we to believe? Well, there are several things you should believe right, correctly about Jesus. I'm just going to point out one thing that John points out in the scripture. Apostle John specifically points to uh, the deity of Jesus. The deity of Jesus. Listen to this. Scripture says that Jesus is Christ and Jesus is born of God. When the scripture says that Jesus is the Christ, when, Jesus, when the scripture says that Jesus is the son of God or born of God, that points to the deity of Jesus Christ. What does deity mean? Well, it's a theological word that speaks of Jesus's divine nature. Deity speaks of Jesus's divine nature. It speaks of Jesus being God. Jesus being God. Even the Jewish people that lived uh, around the time that Jesus walked this earth, they knew, they recognized that there was something different about Jesus Christ. They even recognized there was something different about Jesus. In the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 18, it says, For this reason they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his Father. Get this, here's the key. Making himself equal with God, making himself equal with God. As true followers of Jesus Christ, we believe that Jesus is fully God and at the same time, fully man. 
That's what we believe. That's what true followers of Jesus believe. That Jesus is fully God and at the same time fully man. Uh, that speaks of the deity of Jesus, the divine nature that Jesus has. In fact, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Remember this, beloved. True Christians exalt Jesus. True Christians magnify Jesus. False Christians minimize Jesus. Fake Christians minimize Jesus. If you ever go to a church that minimizes Jesus, be careful. If you ever go to a church that don't sing about Jesus, that don't preach about Jesus, that don't pray to Jesus, be careful. Be careful. Be, be aware of churches that don't sing about Jesus, that don't preach about Jesus, that don't teach about Jesus. Be careful because true followers of Jesus exalt Jesus, okay? Number two, what is a marker of a real follower of Jesus. Well, real followers of Jesus love the right way. Real followers of Jesus love the right way. Notice verse 2. It says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. Notice what it says. Also, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, he writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Remember, Jesus transformed John from a son of thunder. That was his testimony before he met Jesus, son of thunder. It implies he had emotional problems, he had anger problems. When you study his life in the Gospels, um, remember he wanted to call down thunder one time and burn up a whole village because they, they denied Jesus, right? But by the time Jesus got done with Apostle John, he transformed him from the son of thunder to the apostle of love. John, in his little writings, little letter, he uses the word love over 40-something times, over and over again. Where do you think he got this from, beloved? Where do you think he got this from? You know who he got it from? He got it from Jesus. He got it from Jesus. John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so also you must love one another. Check that. A new commandment I give you, love one another. Love is not optional for a follower of Jesus Christ. It is not optional. As I taught last week, love is the main ingredient of a follower of Jesus Christ. It is not power. It is not wisdom. It is not knowledge. It is not even faith, prophecy, or tongues. It is love. Love is the main ingredient of a true follower of Jesus Christ. And we love the right way. We love the right way. Away with the statement that says, uh, I love you, but I don't have to like you. Away with that. Away with that. Now, how does one learn to love more? How does one learn to love better? Let me give you some thoughts. We learn to love better 
by learning what love does by God's word. Learning what love does in God's word. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, it describes love. It says love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, it does not dishonor others. There's a lot of dishonoring going on. A lot of dishonoring going on in our society. My Bible says love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love don't keep no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. How do, we, how do we learn to love better? Is by learning what love does in God's word. But, but another way we learn to love better is by abiding in God's presence. Abiding in God's presence. The Bible teaches that God is love. God is love. And it's a universal truth, my, bro my brothers and sisters, that if you start hanging around somebody, eventually you start acting like that person. How do you think John, Apostle John, got transformed from a son of thunder to the Apostle of Love? Hello, somebody. He hung around Jesus. He followed Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh. The Bible says that God is love. The more Apostle John hung around Jesus, that love rubbed, rubbed off on him. That love overflowed from Jesus to John. So we abide. We abide in the presence of God. Thirdly, how do we learn to love better? is by being tested with hard situations and people. Being tested by hard situations and people. You don't just learn love by always being around people that love you. That's, that's a main way we learn love. But also, we learn how to exercise our love by every now and then being exposed to people that get on our nerves. Every now and then being exposed to people that step on our toes. Every now and then being exposed to people that even offend us. So, beloved, when you're at work or you're at school and you bump into somebody who's rude, listen, that's your opportunity to show the love of Christ. When you're at work and you bump into that coworker who's loud and obnoxious, right, gets on your nerves, that's an opportunity to show, to exercise the love of God. God has given you an opportunity to grow in your love. If you don't use it, you lose it. Hello, somebody. What is a marker of a true follower of Jesus Christ? Thirdly and lastly, real followers of Jesus Christ behave the right way. They behave the right way. I get this from verse 3. Look at what verse 3 says. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. I want to remind you, friends, that the proof of our love for Jesus is not in our words, but in our obedience to Jesus. Did you catch that? The proof of our love for Jesus is not in our words, not in our singing, 
but it's in our obedience to Jesus. Obedience to Christ is the proof that we belong to Christ. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Your words alone are not the proof. Your singing alone is not the proof. Carrying your Bible alone is not the proof. It's your obedience. It's your follow-through. That's why we're called followers of Jesus. That's why we're called disciples of Jesus. Because Jesus is our standard for faith and living. Jesus is our model. Jesus is our example. When you lift up your hands to Jesus, one of the things you're saying is, I'm committed to love like Jesus, lead like Jesus, and live like Jesus. That's what you're committing to. That's what we are committing to. Now, where did Apostle John get this truth? Where did, where did he get this truth? I'll tell you where he got it. He got it from Jesus himself. He didn't make this up. He got it from Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, he said, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus turned around one day in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. He says, why? Do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? Turns around. And he looks at the crowd. He says, why are you calling me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? You don't do what I say. Are you committed, friend, to following Jesus? Are you committed to behaving like Jesus? Are you committed to talking like Jesus? Are you committed to obeying Jesus? We're having water baptisms pretty soon. And the main significance of water baptism is when you get water baptized, you're lifting up your hand and you're, you're declaring openly your loyalty to Christ. That's what you're doing. When you get water baptized, uh, it's not, a, it's not a, uh, just a, a frivolous thing. No, it's an important thing. When you get water baptized, you're saying, listen, I'm disconnecting myself from the things of this world. I'm cutting my loyalty uh, from the things of this world. And I'm pledging my loyalty, my heart, my life, my obedience to Christ. That's what you do when you're getting water baptized. Pledging your obedience openly to Christ. Are we committed to obeying Christ? Are we committed to doing the right things? Even when, even when others won't do the right things? Are you committed to do the right things even when nobody will do the right things? Are you committed to do the right things even when your co-workers don't want to do the right things? Are you committed to follow Christ even though your family's not following Christ? Are you committed to following Christ even though your spouse may not be following Christ? Are you still committed to follow Christ? Listen, if you follow Christ, if you follow Christ, you will set yourself up for a blessing. If you follow Christ, you will set yourself up for God to move in your life in a powerful way. The old hymn says, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. Beloved friends, what is the mark of true followers of Christ? Number one, a true follower of Christ will believe the right things. A true follower of Christ will love the right way. 
And then thirdly, a true follower of Christ will behave the right way. Let us pray. Oh, precious Father, we come before your word this morning and we feel challenged. Some of us even feel like we have not been living up to your standard. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for holding up the mirror of your word that we may look to our life and repent. Help us to repent, Lord, where we let you down. Lord, help us, Lord. Help us to believe the right things. Help us to love the right way. And Lord, help us to behave. Help us to obey. Lord, there's someone struggling right now to obey you. You're asking them to do something hard and they're struggling. I pray that you give them supernatural strength to obey your word. Give them supernatural strength to obey your word, Father God, even now. Help them, Lord. Help them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.